I don't see a loss of you know total agent count four months in a row as a big deal. I really don't, especially when the volume and the and the sides are up. And I and I don't say that just because you know it's a brand I'm involved with. Uh, if you're adding really great agents and and losing ones that aren't doing any business at all or very little, you're that's obviously a net gain. So the big question is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui coming to you with the state of the market number 38. It's crazy. We just started state of the market, you know, maybe five, six months ago, but everybody loved it. So now we've been doing it week after week after week here with my good friend, Paul Morris. The And today's fun news we get to talk about, it's, it's going to be really cool. Like Paul and I got to hang out, you know, yesterday, you know, some of the biggest real estate news going on right now was, you know, this last few days was Keller Williams family reunion event in Dallas. So there's so much of the news and the headlines that's coming out of Dallas. And uh, we're going to be really excited to talk about it. But Paul, how is, how is Dallas for you? you or, and where are you back in LA now? Yeah, back in LA. Dallas for me, uh, because I'm part of the leadership team with Keller Williams is, uh, you know, it's just a frenetic sort of blur of a week. But interesting that, you know, when you look in the news, some of the some of the stuff that uh, that we watched firsthand and some of the stuff I was working on hit the news. So that's cool. Yeah, you know, I I had never been to the event. I went up there to go meet up with you and some other guys, you know, for the podcast, talk to a lot of prospects, find some of the best agents out there so we could get them on here to be able to share that stuff. And I was blown away with how big that event was. I'm like 19,000 agents coming into Dallas. I mean, all, all, the, all the big real estate companies have these big conferences like that. But man, I, was, I could not believe how many people were in there and how uh, excited they were to talk about real estate and everything going on in the world. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And, and, uh, and, and it, it, you know, we take it straight from Gary Keller's vision speech, which I've always found to be very sort of brand neutral. So uh, his vision speech is like an economic forecast. And, and uh, you know, you can always tell where the, where the forecasters are going to go, just say like, hey, who do they work for? So the NAR forecaster is going to naturally have sort of a real estate bent to it. And I really think Gary goes at it and just says, hey, here's the way we think the market's going and here are all the indicators. And so interesting to, uh, to get that from sort of a brand agnostic view. Yeah, it was. I, I totally agree, man. So the uh, well, let's let's jump on in. So the some of the it, it is funny if you go to the Inman News today on the the eighteenth, you see so much stuff. You know, half of it's regular news, half of it's Keller Williams from a lot of those announcements that happened. One of the ones that stuck out to me that I actually saw all over social media today too. A lot of people are talking about this, and is the big headline: Keller Williams to end lifelong profit share program for defectors. So what's a defector? What's that mean? What did, what did, what did you, what was the, what was that announcement? And do you think it's newsworthy? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's more clickbait than newsworthy, to be honest. First of all, you know, just using the term defector, I, I, I don't look, <laughs> uh, you know, look, it's, it's, you know, I'm part of this brand and I've been part of it for a long time. And, you know, people, people go where they, where they uh, are going to have the best business experience. I think that's where they should go. So, if somebody leaves another firm to come to Keller Williams, I don't think we would call them a defector. 
And if somebody left Keller Williams to go somewhere else, I wouldn't call him a defector. So, you know, it's a little strong, but that's not the real point of it. The real point of it was that uh, making this, making really they made two changes. And one change was that it takes seven years to vest, to become lifetime vested in the Keller Williams profit share program instead of three. Uh, so that seems like a, a pretty large change. Yeah. I think in practice, not so much. And then also this non-compete rule, which is if you go out and you compete against Keller Williams, uh, you will forfeit your, your profit share. Now, interestingly, okay, because Keller Williams has already given out more than a billion dollars in profit share. Interesting is that it doesn't affect, it's not retroactive. So it doesn't affect anybody unless you join KW after April 1st. So Nobody in the profit share program, even people that are, have left Keller Williams competing against Keller Williams and getting big profit share, it's not going to hurt them. So uh, it's just moving forward. That's, that's an important part of that news because that does tone it down quite a bit. And I think you're right. It may be more clickbait because defectors is such a strong, strong word. But every week we're talking about agents moving from one you know, brokerage to another and one company to another. Like it's, I mean, that's the big news that's out there is like big offices getting transferred. And then, I, yeah, and then yeah, the idea that it's not retroactive and it's just for people now you know, moving forward. The, yeah, it's, it's also smart. You know, it, it is becoming more competitive. Companies out there are, uh, it, it's kind of like a duh that should have been part of that a long time ago so yeah the uh but that maybe maybe not huge uh impactful change but uh but you know maybe newsworthy nonetheless so the sure. so how about something you know as we jump around a little bit the i saw this i thought i bet paul has the inside scoop on this it's jeff bezos 165 million dollar oh, yeah. mansion shatters Los Angeles sales record. So yeah. I look at I look at the, like the the picture over top of it, and it's, it looks like a big place. But but yeah. I don't know what what makes it what makes it so special. What makes it so big in LA, or or what do you know about this one? Yeah, I mean, nice house, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. So uh, people always ask about you know how's the market or the high end market, and 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 I, I just I totally exclude sales like this. Okay, because you're talking about forget about the one percent or the one percent of the one percent. Forget it. Okay. You're talking about Jeff Bezos. He is the richest man in the world. Now, this, this home was built in the 1930s for Jack Warner from Warner Brothers. So it started out as a, as a movie uh, mogul's mansion just to begin with. It was designed that way. It's, on, it's in Beverly Hills where, of course, the dirt is very valuable. It's on nine acres. So you're talking about a giant compound right in Beverly Hills. Uh, there are not many of those, I can assure you. Um, now, interesting, right? So, so David Geffen, who is another you know industry mogul, bought it in 1990, and he paid 47 and a half million dollars for it. Uh, pretty nice return, okay? Yeah. To, to turn out and sell for 165 million, it's kind of like okay, I'll retire based on that on that one home sale alone. So it's uh, it's a big deal. Now, one of the things that I couldn't help myself doing because I knew you were gonna I knew you were gonna ask me about this, okay? Yeah. So. So I just, I did like a little of my nerdy prep and my nerdy prep uh, homework on this is this, Jeff Bezos spent less than one-tenth of 1% of his net worth on this home. And so to put that into any sort of perspective, okay, if you, you know, if you've got $10 million net worth, that's, that's solid money, okay? Yeah, yeah. $10 million net worth, you'd be spending 10 grand on this house. Okay. It's like it's nothing. Right. It's like it's if you have if you have one million dollars in net worth, okay? One million dollars. It's not bad, right? This is a thousand dollar purchase. 
So that's why you have to throw it out, right? That's why you can't even count it because the guy that makes the purchase, it's like, it's like play money. It's like fake, it's fake money to him. Like he obviously likes the house. The, do you think that because it was the Warner brothers house that that actually, that just gives it a, uh, you know, a boost to like, part of me, I'm like, that's super cool. Like how cool would it be to be like, I have the, that with the Warner brothers mansion. Yeah. Well, I, I think, I think the sort of pedigree and lineage of these houses does make a difference, you know, mm-hmm. on a lower level, uh, on a lower level for us normal human beings, you know, you get like a sort of an A or even a B star, you know, oh, hey, I'm buying, you know, uh, somebody's, you know, some television star's house. That's kind of cool. You know, we kind of like that for sure. Yeah, this is, this is industry mogul house uh, passed on to industry mogul. I cannot imagine that David Geffen was not thinking, hey, you know what? I'm moving into Jack Warner from Warner Brothers. And, uh, and, and it's got to be hitting. Uh, it's got to be hitting Jeff Bezos's radar as well. Yeah, you know, I think that the last thing I want to say on that, that, you know, so he bought it for 47 million, Geffen did back in the 90s, yeah. right? So now it's been 25 years and it's worth yeah. three times what it was. But I bet a lot of California real estate is worth three times what it was in the 90s. That's true. Right. Yeah, so the, so even though it was a big hundred million dollar gain, I mean, proportionally it probably, who knows, it'd be interesting to look at and go, did it actually appreciate more or less, but man, but, but yeah, you can't count that as a big sale. There was one guy that was going right. to buy that. It was the guy that for him, it was play money and the, yeah. and good for him. So cool. I, the, uh, I would, I would want to have something like that too. What a fun little playground to sure. play in. Do the math. It's worth every single dollar. This is a quote from Mr. Bill Reek, who took my certified listing agent program. He says, looking to take your listing presentation to the next level? Listen, I've closed 100% of the appointments since I took Pat Hyben's certified listing agent. Five appointments, five new clients in 60 days. Do the math. It's worth every single dollar. Now you can get the certified listing agent course. You can get the certified buyer agent course, which tells you how to close every single buyer that calls in if you want them. You get the certified team agent course, which teaches you how to build a dynamite team like Jeff Cohn, who teaches the course. It's like a 10-hour course from Omaha, Nebraska, Berkshire Hathaway's top agent, and seven other courses. Total of 11 courses, all five-star rated, only 97 bucks a month. If you paid for them individually on the website, they would cost over $10,000. And we are running a special now at futureofrealestatetraining.com where you can get them for $97 a month. That's all you can eat. $97 a month, all these courses. That's futureofrealestatetraining.com. Futureofrealestatetraining.com. Check it out. Rockstar Nation, this is a great time to leverage yourself and hire a virtual assistant. I'm talking about my Outdesk. If you haven't heard of my Outdesk, basically they are a virtual assistant company, a VA company that specializes in virtual assistants for real estate agents. Yeah, I'm talking about transaction coordinators. Marketing assistants, I'm talking about ISAs, inside sales agents that prospect thousands and thousands of seller leads and buyer lead follow-ups. I mean, these guys are trained in this stuff specifically. You're not using a company that doesn't know or understand real estate sales. 
four out of five of the top teams in the U.S. use my Outdesk for their virtual assistants. And because I know the owner, Daniel Ramsey, I've known him for over a decade, and I know how awesome and incredible this company is and how it saves agents thousands and thousands of dollars every single week and makes them thousands and thousands of more every single week, we're going to give you a $400 coupon off of your first month of a virtual assistant and give you access and give you a free book entitled Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. So you can like read it and look into it before you decide anything. It's called Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. And you can get it real easy. All you got to do is text the word HIBAN, H-I-B-A-N, to 31996. That's H-I-B-A-N to 31996. And download your free book, Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. And don't forget to mention also that you get a $400 discount, which will give you a coupon for that when you download the book. Thank you, guys. And I hope you enjoy and make a ton of money using my Outdesk. Here's some funny news. The Leaning Tower of Dallas, right? So this is so funny. I was, I was reading this. And I was like, I wanted to ask you about it. So it says, Texas newest temporary landmark. After a planned implosion, I think this, was this this morning or yesterday? A planned implosion of the affiliated computer services building in Dallas. A uh, big part of the building remains. They tried to knock down this big old building. It didn't knock down. It actually kind of like a, a section of it came off. And now it's like, looks like the Leaning Tower of Pisa in the middle of, of Dallas. But the... Uh, what uh, what's the story on that? You know, I think now now you know this might be the one state of the market where you know, like, hey, I'm I'm in all the places, right? Yeah, talking about the, <laughs> feel like a world traveler. <laughs> we're talking about the Keller Williams uh, profit share, uh, you know, change, and I'm actually on the International uh, Agent Leadership Council forum. I'm a voting member. Uh, oddly, I get three votes because I'm with three regions. You know, I was in there. I was voting on it. I was right in the middle of that one. Um, you know, I, I wish I were a little bit more in the middle of the Bezos sale, you know, yeah. either as the agent or invitee even to the home. But, hey, I'm in L.A., right? Yeah, and uh, sure, enough, sure enough, you're asking me about this crazy leaning tower thing. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. I saw that. I, I, was, <laughs> I was in a taxi cab with a taxi cab driver. And the way that I noticed it is he, 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 went like, he went like, whoa, what's that? You know, and then I looked and. We didn't know what it was other than it sort of looked like a half-blown-up building. Now, when we read the news on it, uh, you know, they, they, they plan these things pretty carefully, and they've got the engineers, and they've got, you know, they want to do it safely, and they want to do it completely, and they, they detonated all the stuff they were going to do, and instead of the thing coming down on an implosion like they had expected, it just kind of like leaned over and half the building fell off. Now, I didn't see that happen. I saw it after, but, you know, I have one comment on that, and that is they don't build them like they used to. Yeah, they don't build them like these. Absolutely, right. man. It says right. it was on Sunday, so you saw it. Right. The, yeah, the day. You know, the the yeah. day after it was we, done, or maybe you saw it the day of if you saw it on Sunday too. But that is crazy. Yeah. And I'm looking at the picture. It's this giant, like, concrete building, and it is really bizarre that they like literally tried to blow it up, and it. I mean, it and it just like you know did a did a little shift, but yes, we. Uh, Houses and buildings and everything used to have. You know, there's a lot of concrete in that thing, a lot of structure, and the yeah. would, you'd be hard pressed to to find one we build today that wouldn't be able to knock down. So that is you. You really are the, the you know the fun 
news that's out there. You know, I wanted to, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. So last couple things are kind of real estate news. They kind of contradict each other. So I thought it was funny. One of the, one of the items says Keller Williams lost agents in the four consecutive mm -hmm. months. Transaction sure. volume and tech adoption are up. They lost agents, but then there's another one where they were, but, but at the, at family reunion, they were also announcing all these high profile yeah. teams that are switching yeah. over. So it's like the high profile California team jumps from Sotheby's to Keller, Keller Williams, the Gunderman group. I'm sure we're going to have them on here soon, oh, getting yeah. interviewed on the podcast to see what's going on. But the, so what do you think of all the news of when it's, you know, do you think that, you know, that people should be interested in stuff like that when, you know, the kind of the, all the competition between the different agents, should that be frontline Inman news? And, and what do you think of that news uh, with, with them in particular or the, you know, the, the losing agents, but gaining good offices? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, and, you know, I, I'm telling you, you know, I, I tell you up front, you know, I'm part of Keller Williams. So this is, and it's, I, I promise you it's totally unbiased. And that is Keller Williams for a long time was focused so much on agent count that, uh, that, that, that we tended to get a bunch of newer and inexperienced agents who, who turn over a lot. Um, now, you know, being number one, they're really, you know, Gary Keller leading the charge, really focused on the top, top agents. Now, Gary was always focused on the top agents, but, you know, the shift has been in the field as well. So I don't see uh, a loss of, you know, total agent count four months in a row as a big deal. I really don't, especially when the volume and the, and the sides are up. And I, and I don't say that just because, you know, it's a brand I'm involved with. Uh, if you're adding really great agents and, and losing ones that aren't doing uh, any business at all or very little, you're, that's obviously a net gain. Now, uh, one of the things that's funny is uh, I connected with a good friend of mine, Jeff Cohn, who was the number one Berkshire Hathaway uh, yeah, we agent. We had him on here like, three hey, weeks ago. Jeff, yeah. you know, right? And I was like, wait a minute, Aaron already interviewed him on the podcast. You know, Aaron scooped me. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so... And then Jeff, I told Jeff that too. He was pretty quick to point out. He goes, you know, Aaron's one of my good buddies too. So there you go. <laughs> it's the, the competition of people out there The as we try to get them. I mean, you, we are definitely committed to try, try to find like the best people out there to provide action. And so it was super cool when they have, you know, 19,000 people in there, the people yep. up on stage or people that we've had on the podcast over the oh, past yeah. few months or people scheduled to be on over the next few yes. months. So. Tribeofmillionaires.com. Guys, write that down. Rockstar Nation got a free special offer for you. Now, I've just written a book, and it's just been published. Co-authored it with David Osborne, who's been on this show multiple times. If you don't know David, he is one of the top execs at Keller Williams Real Estate. Was personally mentored for the last two decades by Gary Keller himself. And he's in all kinds of businesses. His bio and explanation and everything is in this book. But anyways, David and I got together. We decided to write a book. We called it Tribe of Millionaires. And I guarantee you, it's going to change your life. To find out more, just go to tribeofmillionaires.com. We're going to give it to you absolutely free. Only thing we ask in return is, of course, number one, you pay the shipping. Not a big deal. But number two, that you go on Amazon and write us a review. We're really looking to get an incredible amount of reviews. And because of that, we're giving this book away for free. Go to tribeofmillionaires.com today. Rockstar Nation, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to stay to the end where our guests will be offering a free gift 
As you know, all of our guests offer a free gift, and all of these gifts can be found on the Agent Success Toolbox. You could find that by going to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply texting the word toolbox to 444 999. That's toolbox to 444 999. I am going to put today's free gift in today's show notes, but if you want all of them, including gifts from most of our guests that have come on the show, just go to the Agent Success Toolbox. I knew today you and I getting to talk the news, with, especially with how closely you, all the inside track with all this stuff was going to be so much fun. You know, last piece of news the, that I thought was, was great came from Bloomberg. So Bloomberg Economics today, and, and this one hits a little bit closer to home for my background and where I came from. It says, home sales jump with builders recording the best January since the crash, which is, that's really, really phenomenal news. Now, the, I mean, sometimes stat- statisticians can grab this month or, or that month and really find it. But I was a home builder. I, I worked for a home building company I, I, I was, you know, in, in Southern California w- during the boom. You know, really at the height of the boom and then that crash. And, and right before the boom, I mean, it was crazy. Construction starts were going like crazy. I mean, I don't know what percentage of our California economy was home building, but everybody was either building houses or being involved in the houses or, you know, owned a restaurant near these developments. And so they were blowing up. I mean, the whole California economy was prepped up on all of that. And the and so you know home sales being best ever since the crash means you know the year before the crash January starts that's where we're at now with home building starts and says so, so in January average number of new home orders per community surged to thirty four percent to the highest level for the month since the housing recovery began so the that is uh, that's really cool it's really cool to see it sustained you know we've talked about all sorts of things that probably impact that we've been talking about interest rates the last yep. few weeks we've been talking about supply we've been talking about demand yep. what's out there nationwide home builder stuff what have you seen out there when it comes to to, to news with with uh, with new homes and home builders mm-hmm. well you know really what these folks do is they look at inventory and and demand that's just plain and simple you know they look at the cycle of how long it takes to get them uh, to get them ramped up. Now, one of the problems that home builders have is they have a long cycle. So, so they, they, they have a plan, you know, they raise some money, you know, they buy some land, now they're getting entitlements, you know, then they got to break ground and build houses. So, so there's a long run on it, you know, um, and that's why home builders get caught when there's a, when there's a big downdraft yeah. in the market, because, hey, they're already committed to this process. What are they going to do now? You know, the dirt itself, you know, not worth uh, nearly what they what they have into the process. So you know we're really looking at the effect of something of decisions that were made you know a year ago or a certain amount. I mean, you know as well as I do what that lifespan is. But but uh, these are decisions that were made a while ago. You know, showing up today. Now, interesting in terms of today. You know, we're we're always looking at it, it's it's very it's very simple. You've got. You've got price and you've got interest rates. And those are the two factors that, that, drive, that drive the economics of whether somebody can afford to buy a house. Very simple. If a house is 300 grand and interest rates are 4%, you get, a certain, you get a certain monthly payment. That's how people figure out whether they can afford a house or not. It's not that if the house was you know, $200,000 or $150,000, but interest rates were 10%, let's not forget interest rates were 10%, okay, at one yeah. point in time. 
and you know now the now the payment is out of reach it doesn't matter what the cost is so so it's really a hybrid of course of the interest rate and the cost of the house that gives us the the payment and that's how people buy houses so as, as long as we see continued and we expect continued low rates through 2020 I think we'll continue to see pretty healthy, uh, pretty healthy sales. Now, inventory is the problem, right? And that's what some of these new home starts are addressing. Yeah, that is, it is such a great point because when that crash happened and the, all my friends were home builders, we were home builders. I, you know, I, I graduated in construction management at kind of the height of the housing boom throughout all of that stuff. And yeah, there is such this big cycle, you know, a householder can go buy a house, fix it and sell it, or an individual investor can go buy a house, fix it and sell it. But these home builders are buying, you know, vacant land, spending years on entitlements, roads. So that's a, it is a great point to remember that those starts that happened in January means they were putting in roads back in July and August. Yep. And the, and they have really big economic analysis teams. You know, they, they try to, you know, a lot of them are publicly funded, huge stock companies. They have bring a lot of thought into different things on when to start and how to start. But you can't just say, let's start a hundred houses. Yes. That wasn't a decision yeah. that was made in January. That was a decision that was made six, nine months ago, sometimes two, three years ago for some of this. So the, it's probably that culmination of everything growing, but the, uh, something to definitely watch. And it's one of the things I love for, for our listeners, for sure, is that, you know, you look at, oh, well, how am I going to compete that, you know, maybe I want to buy a house, fix it and flip it or buy a house, fix it and hold it. You know, how do I really, how do I compete with these giant REITs that have huge analyst uh, teams and all this money behind them, that sort of thing. And my answer to that is, is we're nimble. Okay. So yeah. that we, you know, you and I, we can decide tomorrow to buy a house. We could, we could go ahead and buy it, you know, within the next week. We could, you know, we, we can make decisions very quickly that, that, the, that, the, that the big players can't do. And, uh, you know, Warren Buffett, I'll butcher the quote a little bit, but he's like, oh, you know, hey, you think it's hard to invest, you know, your hundred grand or whatever. Try, try figuring out how to invest a billion dollars because, you know, it's a different world. But then again, you know, finding out how to place that giant amount of money uh, you know, hey, we have several hundred million dollars to deploy. You and I can make a much better, better, faster decision on one house than they can on a whole tract of hundreds and thousands of houses. Yeah. It's like stay nimble, stay local, focus what you know. Like nobody knows yeah. what's happening on my street as much as I do. Oh, yeah. Like nobody knows what's happening in your neighborhood as much as you do. So as you find that niche, that's one thing that home builders on a massive scale, they look at stuff on a massive scale and a zip code basis and other things. But the but when it comes down to that really micro level, they can't get there. But yeah, man, that was a that was a fun state of the market, man. I, I was I was pumped all day knowing the stuff that we'd be talking about out here. Yeah the um you know we'll be we'll be back you've got a lot of fun interviews coming up with yeah. people i've got a lot of fun interviews coming up with people as we get on there and you know listeners the if you guys are loving the state of the market shows the if, if you're loving it or hating it go give us some uh, reviews let us yeah. know what you think of the state of the market yeah. and again if there's real estate news out there that we know about if you see it or that you know about and we should be sharing with everybody if you see it send it over to us we're trying to find the best stuff that we think is actionable news for you guys but if sure. we're missing something tell us let's make it better yeah i love it okay and uh and and why don't you tell them where where they can send that send those uh, inquiries and and we'll uh and we'll end it up there Absolutely. Yeah. So the, you know, so we go to hybendigital.com, H-I-B-A-N digital.com. You'll be able to add a comment on there. Go to R-E Rockstars uh, on Instagram. We follow that. We check out those messages or you can find Paul or I on, on Instagram, Aaron Amuchastegi with an A and Paul Morris. Paul, what's your it's Instagram? Paul Mark, uh, P-A-U-L Mark, M-A-R-K Morris. 
and that's my Instagram handle and also Facebook and and uh, and I check that stuff. So drop me a message and uh, and we'll we'll uh, we'll take your feedback. Love it. We always want to do better. And uh, also, if you got some questions that we can handle on this podcast, we'd love to do that. Yeah, we would love to. And it, it really is. I check this stuff too. I can't check my email. I get hundreds and hundreds of emails today yeah. a day from spammers. I'm way more likely to be able to talk to somebody on Instagram or Facebook to actually see out there. So yeah, reach out to us. We want to keep making great shows for you guys out there. Real Estate Rockstar Radio, State of the Market. Paul, thanks for coming on and joining me. All right, man. Thanks. I really enjoy it. We have fun doing this. That was fun. Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please, I need you to pull out your pointing finger, yes, the one finger that points at people, and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on a million dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get. So please subscribe. And listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys, and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that too. Have a great day, and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs> <laughs>